0: Welcome to Australian Hiker. We're your hosts, Tim and Jill Savage. This is episode 55 of the Australian Hiker podcast, and the first of our two bonus episodes for February 2018. In this episode, we're going to be going through and listening to a series of recordings that I undertook on my recent long weekend trip to the Kosciuszko National Park. On this weekend, over two days, I undertook two separate walks, the main range walk and the Kosciuszko Summit Walk. And these recordings are to give you an indication of what I was seeing and how I was going over the weekend. Uh, And hopefully this will give you some sort of idea if you're interested in doing these walks yourself. Now, I must apologise. There is a bit of wind noise throughout these recordings. Uh, Both of these walks are very open and very exposed. Uh, So as much as I tried to sort of provide a bit of shelter for the microphone, there is still a bit of wind noise in the background. We hope you enjoy. It's uh, 9.30, it's the 26th of uh, January, it's Australia Day so it's a long weekend for, for Australians and I've come up to the Kosciuszko National Park to do two walks uh, Today I'm doing the main range track which is a 20 kilometer round trip, or roughly 22 kilometres, depending on which, uh, which map you look at <coughs> and uh, uh, I'll be doing that today uh, returning back to the same spot I'm starting at and then tomorrow I'm going to be doing the Kosciuszko Summit Walk. Uh, now, the Summit Walk forms half or part of the Main Range track, but I'll be doing it in a different direction and as a standalone walk. So the plan is tonight to return back here, pick up my tent which is sitting in the car, uh, and then head part way up the track uh, just so I can camp overnight. I've actually got some equipment to try out, courtesy of one of the uh, the wholesalers. So I've got a. Um, an MSR tent and some um, some sleeping mats as well to try uh, and just to see how they go. Um, the forecast for this weekend was looking pretty abysmal and at one stage yesterday the rangers were actually recommending that uh, people not do the walk uh, because of the thunderstorms that were forecast. They came through most of New South Wales last night and um, it's it's a beautiful sunny day. Uh, there still is forecast for rain and thunderstorms later today and tomorrow, so it's, um, um, it's, I've come prepared for the wet weather and the conditions just in case. There's a saying in Australia uh, when we talk about it's as busy as Pitt Street, uh, which is a, an indication of how busy it can be, and certainly there's probably about 80 or 90 cars parked along the road. There is a lot of people doing these two walks today. Um, and looking at the online forums over the last few days, there was a good indication that there was a lot of people doing this as well. So, not really a solo walk, which is fine. Uh, and um, uh, I think it'll be, uh, you know, the conditions really are looking good. So, I'm looking forward to a good walk. Talk to you later. As I mentioned in this recording that we have just launched and listened to the uh, the forecast for the whole weekend was for storms through the whole weekend including thunder and lightning uh, and certainly the the last place you want to be on when there's a, a lightning storm going on is on the tallest mountains of Australia uh, with no protection. Thankfully though the uh, the storms actually came through early on Thursday night for the first day of the long weekend on the Friday. Uh, and the weather maintained quite well through most of the weekend. One other thing that I would mention here is that I actually needed to go through and buy a Parks Pass uh, for this weekend. Uh, so I stopped in at the, uh, uh, the Jindabyne uh, Parks uh, uh, shopfront uh and so by the time i actually got to start this walk it was after nine o'clock uh and by this stage there would have been a good 70 or 80 cars parked along the road Uh, and i was having to park my car uh, roughly about five to six hundred meters away from the trailhead Uh, and this had certainly changed by the end of the day the cars were stretching down the road for probably about a kilometer and a half so it actually pays to get there early it's uh, just after uh, 10.45 on Saturday, so I'm about 5 kilometres into the main range walk, just come up to the saddle um, and uh, uh, just uh, sort of heading up towards the, the main peaks um, and there's some spectacular views through here. Um, very busy as I mentioned before, there's um, uh, probably the people that uh, uh, I went past and have just gone past me, there's probably around about, uh, I just mate, 30 to 40 people doing this walk. Uh, and there's probably a lot more starting afterwards than that I started fairly early that I won't see this morning. Wildflowers are pretty good. Uh, we have had some rain over the last few days and that's probably uh, dampened them down a bit. Um, and when we uh, when I started the walk this morning, uh, the ranger sort of said that the uh, the forecast is for rain around about eleven o'clock, and they have forecast thunderstorms later in the day. So um, looking at looking over into the distance, you can see the cloud bank starting to move in. I don't know if it'll be here. Well, it certainly won't be here by eleven. I think if it's going to come in, it'll be much later this afternoon. But it it certainly is coming through. Interesting sort of age group uh, of people doing the trail. Uh, there's a lot of older people, I'd say, that are in their 60s. Uh, there are also some um, uh, people ranging down to uh, uh, people in their 20s and parents with uh, with younger kids as well. It looks like there's some kids that are around about probably uh, the sort of 10, 9, 10, 11 years of age that are doing this walk and seem to be doing quite well. Um, it's, this is a very easy sort of walk. Uh, I must admit, I, not having done it before, uh, I've done a lot of reading on it, and it, uh, it pre- seemed to give a pretty good indication that it was was very easy to follow. Signage is pretty minimal, uh, but you don't need a lot of signage. The trail is very obvious. Um, if you did it in the middle of winter it might be a different issue you, you know, you, you're then following you wouldn't have a trail to follow because of the snow um, and they do do sort of warn you that there is the trails aren't marked in winter time one thing that I'm used to in the walking in the Canberra region in the Brindabellas is the big March flies um, and they will bite through clothing uh, and there's they're out and about at the moment and uh, uh, so a word of warning, if your arm feels itchy, it means as a March fly, it's in the process of biting through your shirt. They're not getting through my pants, but they certainly are getting through my long sleeve shirt. Um, uh, and as, as I've found over the last four or five years... DEET does nothing to them, it just encourages them um, so you just have to wear long sleeves uh, I know the few people I've talked to and the few people in shorts uh, they seem to be having a bit of problems with them because they're slapping their legs on a fairly regular basis and there's one just trying to get through my pants just now so I'm trying to move on I think because I've collected a batch of them and they've decided they're going to have a go at me so I'll move on and have a go at somebody else, talk to you later One of the things that surprised me with this uh, doing the main range walk is um, the sheer number of people that ended up uh, walking in the same direction that I was, as well as a few people heading the other way. By the time I reached Kosciuszko, I estimated there were probably 80 people on the main range trail that I'd come across. And as I said, there were people who probably would have left before I did and people who left after. So it was a really busy sort of walk. It's not what you'd class as a wilderness walk, uh, particularly when you're doing it on, on a busy long weekend. Uh, so if you ever do go through and do it on a long weekend, expect there to be lots of people. As I mentioned, I, um I've used long pants and long sleeve shirt for a number of years now, and this is both for sun protection, uh, but also, as I said, uh, a lot of the hiking that I do in the Brindabellas and, uh, and the uh, the Alps rangers, uh, there are these lovely big March flies, which are very active from around about November through to about the end of March, early April. They will get through uh, lighter weight shirts. They will bite through socks. Uh, and, and as I said, I, uh, yeah, I'd, I was feeling my arm getting itchy and then I did to realize there was a March fly that was busy biting its way through my long sleeve shirt. Um, and as you would have heard in that recording, I just did, if you sit still for long enough, they will find you and you end up with a number of them. So you end up starting having to, to move on a fairly constant basis. I talked to a number of people towards the end of the uh, the hike who are hiking in tank tops and shorts and they said that was definitely a mistake because I, I sort of saw them on and off throughout the day and they were slapping their legs and slapping their arms on a constant basis. And as I said... These guys just don't care about 80% deep. They will just keep on uh, biting, uh, and they'll even try to bite through leather boots, unsuccessfully, thankfully. Uh, But they uh, they definitely are something to consider, uh, and you definitely do need to cater for them. Otherwise, you're going to have a very uncomfortable walk. It's uh, 12.55, sitting on top of Mount Kosciuszko, just having lunch. Um, so, it's been around about three hours and 15 minutes uh, to get here from Charlotte's Pass. Um, pretty steady stream of people from Charlotte's Pass over to Kosciuszko, and also a number of people, but not so many heading the other direction. So, I think all up uh, doing the, this main range walk, I've probably come across 70, maybe 80 people all up doing this walk. So, I, again, as I mentioned before, not really a solitary walk, particularly on the Australia Day weekend. Um, I'm unlikely to get anywhere near the uh, the summit uh, marker on Mount Kosciuszko. There's probably about 150 people up here at the moment, all having photos all, all having done day walks. Apparently, there was a um, a barbecue down near the toilet area just down at uh, um, uh, down at Rawson's uh, Pass uh where the toilet block is um and there was a poetry reading as well so talking to one of the rangers he said it was uh, so this event was a uh, was put on for australia day so a lot of people come up here to to, to climb mount uh, Kosciuszko um on, on australia day um pretty steady sort of walk so far um The um, one thing I didn't mention before is the altitude is having an impact on me. Um, Being up around the 2,400-odd metre mark does make a difference, and it does tend to suck it out of you. And uh, certainly at the moment I'm at my unfittest, so I'm certainly feeling it. So all up, um, uh, the um, uh, trip so far, just on 13 kilometres, 13.01 kilometres, um, I'm averaging 3.9 kilometres per hour walking distance. Um, um, and as I said, around about three hours and uh, and uh, 15 minutes all up. The um, Apart from the altitude, one of the other things that people tend to forget about is there's no tree coverage up here, uh, so it's pretty open and exposed. Um, we are also higher in altitude, so as a result... Um, I started the walk with um, just short, uh, short sleeves I had my sleeves rolled up and I could feel the intensity of the sun uh, the UV index today was supposed to be 14 which is extreme uh, so again, shorts and, and t-shirts fine providing you're willing to, to, to cover up with sunscreen you definitely wouldn't need it and this is one of the reasons I tend to uh, uh, use the long sleeve shirt and long sleeve shorts Good walk so far so I'll probably stay up here for about half an hour have a bit of a rest, have a bit of lunch before I head back down so I've got roughly um, just on 9 kilometres to go down to the base back to Charlotte's Pass again where I'll pick up my gear and uh, head back up again uh, just to camp for the night. Talk to you later. It's dipped after 3.30, and I'm back to the uh, car park at Charlotte's Pass. All up, the main range walk took me around about five and a half hours, including lunch breaks and stops along the way. Um, the walk itself was starting to get a bit hot uh, coming back uh, to the car park. It, it heated up a bit, um, so... Um, while it's not sort of the 30-odd the degree heat we've had uh, in Canberra over the last week, it's certainly fairly warm by the feel of it. Um, the walk down was pretty good. I was on management trail, um, so um, I'm just about to start that walk back up the hill uh, and do the uh, summit walk as a separate trail. Um, there's not much uh, uh, shelter or tree tree shade along the way, and that's pretty pretty typical for this whole area. So this whole walk today, there was just no shade. Um, I've been here for around about half an hour, just having a little bit of a rest, and I've uh, repacked my bag, or my pack, including tent and uh, and food for tonight and, and more water. Um, I certainly can... Uh, could have, can fill up along the way if need be, but uh, you know, I've got plenty of water in the car just to be on the safe side, so it saves me having to filter, although I've got a built-in filter on my, uh, on my bladder anyway. Um, All up, pretty good day. Uh, Enjoyed it, but tiring. It's uh, the longest walk I've done uh, since our Kangaroo Island trip about three weeks ago. Um, But this one has certainly had a lot more hills. So it's probably the most difficult walk I've done um, probably in the last six months. Uh, My fitness level isn't particularly good at the moment, uh, which is something I do have to work on uh, for my through hike, which I'm planning on later in the year. So really, this is the the start of uh, uh, getting getting fitting in and I know what I need to do it's just a matter of doing it as i said i'm about to uh, just do the final pack and head back up the hill um i Had a look on the way down to see where would be some good options for camping. Uh, I got an information sheet from the visitor centre in Jindabyne this morning, and it shows where you can't camp. And that's pretty much within close to waterways or close to water catchments for some of the dams. Um, But coming back down, I did pass Rawson's Hut. And while you can't use Rawson's Hut as a, a normal camping site, it's an emergency shelter only. Um, uh, and so really, um, you know, there's some good areas around that sort of area to camp. A lot of the other areas are either open and exposed or very close to waterways. So my ideal aim would be to make it to, to Rawson's Hut, which is six kilometres, uh, and that'll give me a day day total of 20, 28 kilometres all up, uh, and then camp somewhere somewhere, uh, outside certainly outside the hut uh, as I mentioned I've got some uh, I've got a tent and um, an MSR tent and a, uh, a two um, thermo rest sleeping mats just to try out tonight uh, to see how they go um, so definitely definitely will be camping in the tent tonight um, uh, the pack probably is going to be the heaviest it's been all day, having sleeping bags, sleeping pads. Um, and it's, uh, because I've got extra gear, which I'm trying, it's certainly a bit heavier than I normally would have had it. Okay. Um, I better get packed and then I'll start heading up. Uh, I'll talk to you when I get to the campground, wherever that may be. Bye. All right. With those last two recordings, I um, went through and summited Mount Kosciuszko, uh, and in that, in relation to uh, the summit itself, there would have been about a hundred and fifty people up there because of the poetry reason, reading, and because of the uh, that had the uh, sausage chiselled down down towards the uh, close by the at Rawson's Pass, uh, where the toilet blocks and the and the, and the trails from Threadbro and Charlotte's Pass join up. Um, it was really was pit street there were people everywhere and i think this is one of the issue there there are about a hundred thousand people a year that summit mount Kosciuszko, and most of those are during the warmer months as opposed to the winter months so expect if you're going to be doing this um pretty much any time that it's warm there's going to be a lot of people there um and i i did actually summit mount Kosciuszko the following day which i'll talk about in a, in a few minutes time Walking back down from Kosciuszko to Charlottes Pass was all on Management Road. Uh, it was quite easy to follow, uh, not particularly steep, not, not problematic at all. Uh, and um, uh, as I said, it didn't take me overly long to get down there. Um, the main range walk itself uh, I enjoyed. Um, it One thing that really did surprise me was given that this was a 22-kilometer walk, I didn't expect to see the average person hiking this trail. I thought, okay, this is going to be hikers um, that are either going to be camping overnight uh, or serious hikers that are going to be going through and doing it in one day, Uh, not day hikers uh, with virtually no gear and certainly unprepared for any weather change uh, that could come through. The last time I was up in this area, which was probably around about four or five years ago, uh, I summited Mount Kosciuszko, and when I started the walk, it was 27 degrees, and by two and a half hours later, the temperature had dropped to four degrees, Uh, and a lot of people just don't um, cater for that change in weather conditions that can occur. Main range is probably um, my preference out of the two walks that I, uh, that I did this weekend, mainly because there were some excellent mountain views from just about anywhere along the trail. So once you'd actually re- gotten right up on top of the main range, there are a number of different lookouts that you could look across valleys and get really good views. You don't necessarily have to be on Australia's highest mountains or highest mountain to pick that up. So there were some... Good views, good wildflowers, so really quite enjoyable. The uh, trip down to um, Charlotte's Pass, again, as I said, was quite good. Uh, I actually moved my car a bit closer because a lot of people had uh, had left for the day, uh, so I managed to park as close as I possibly could, um, re- ready to sort of come off the, the walk the next day and not have a long walk down the road. Um, and... Um, uh, the walk back back up again uh, on the road that I'd just gone through and done uh, quite easy, quite sort of comfortable, so uh, wasn't too much too problematic in itself. It's uh, seven thirty-two. Um, I'm just outside Rawson's hut and I've set my tent up. I was planning on being a bit further away, but um, it was for me, I looked like a bit of a race to uh, uh, to the hut. There was a big, big rainstorm coming behind me, um, clear in front. Uh, I thought, oh, I need to get, get, get there quickly and set up the tent rather than sort of try and move around uh, and find somewhere further away from the hut. And I thought this, is, this was looking pretty bad, so I wanted somewhere that was going to be sheltered from the wind, from the, the direction the storm was coming from. So the, uh, the hut was uh, a good opportunity. I'm using a new loaner tent, a Hubba Hubba NX, a two-person tent. And I've also got a Thermarest sleeping about to try. Now I normally use a Thermarest, so does Jill. Uh, uh, We're so between us, we've got four Thermarests. Uh, this is just a different one, so it'll be interesting to see how it goes overnight. Uh, but so, so so far, lying on it here is quite comfy. Um, the I must admit, for me, as I said before, earlier today, I'm fairly unfit at the moment. Um, I'm carrying more weight than i usually like to. Uh, so as a result, after 28 kilometres, uh, I um, really felt like um, having not really having a, a meal at all. Um, it's one of the issues I've mentioned in the past, where uh, um, I, uh, the more I exercise, the less I feel like eating. So I got here, set up a tent, had a bit of a lay down. And you know it's an hour and a half later, and I'm still lying here. I've had a bit of snacks, but in all honesty, I don't feel like cooking uh, a meal. Um, I may change mind in the next half hour or so, but um, um, you know i just I'm, I'm sort of really going into doze mode, and probably will end up going to sleep. As I mentioned, this uh, was the second walk for the weekend for me, uh, and it's the Mount Kosciuszko Summit Walk from Charlotte's Pass. Um, I could have actually gone through and used the details and done the ride up uh, from the, uh, the uh, main range walk that I'd finished today, uh, but I just felt like uh, going through and doing it from uh, uh, the car park upwards because doing the main, main range walk, Typically, you're starting at Charlotte's, pa- Charlotte's Pass, Mount Kosciuszko is happening towards the end or two-thirds of the way through, um, and then you um, um, drop back down, to back to the car park again. Doing Kosciuszko this way it means I'm starting from my car park and going up to the, the summit. Um, it's a different sort of experience. So, rather as I said, rather than trying to... Uh, do this right up from um, the main range walk. I wanted to be able to say that I've done it from, from the car park upwards. I'm about three kilometres from the summit, uh, so that's roughly about an hour to get up to the summit. So if I'm enthusiastic and given that it's sort of 7.30 and I'm likely to be asleep by 8, I'll probably be up at sort of 4, 4.30 uh, and on and walking by 5, which means I'll be up, up on the summit Uh for um, sunrise uh, and hopefully there won't be too many people up there uh, like there was at lunchtime so i'll be able to get near the actual summit point itself uh, and hopefully get some good photos as well okay i hope everyone's having a great weekend talk to you later good night Now, as mentioned in this uh, this last recording, uh, we d- I did actually end up uh, camping close by to Rawson's Hut. Um, uh, once I'd actually got up there, I turned around and there was a very large storm front with light- lightning and thunder uh, coming very quickly behind me. Uh, and I didn't want to be on the top of a hill or in an open area uh, in the middle of a lightning storm. Uh, so, rather than camping a few hundred metres away, which I would have preferred to do, uh, and which the Parks Association would prefer you to do as well, um, I camped relatively close to get out of the storm, and if need be, to actually go inside the hut during the storm itself, uh, if it had have come through and, and been a lightning storm. Uh, thankfully, the, uh, the storm changed direction and moved off, so I didn't actually need to actually go anywhere near the hut itself um the hut is for emergency use and certainly being in a lightning storm in, in an open uh, alpine environment probably classes as that so if i had a, if i had a, if i had have needed to i would have gone inside uh while the storm was coming through and then go back out and camp outside the um the moon actually came out later on that evening um um i uh uh, for me, I tend to uh, operate on around about six hours sleep at the most, um, and six and a half hours for me is a real sleep in. So by the time I actually went to bed at around about just after 7.30, uh, there was no way that I was going to sleep all the way through until four, five, six o'clock in the morning, and that was the case. I tended to get 40, 50 minutes sleeping blocks at a time, uh, and I was wide awake by about 3.30 in the morning. The other thing that uh, I also mentioned was I, my loss of appetite at the end of the day. Uh, and this is something that does tend to affect uh, high-intensity athletes. And I, I certainly don't class myself in that category, uh, but I can do some pretty extreme stuff from time to time. Uh, and for me, the more I exercise, the less appetite that I tend to have. Uh, so after a 28-kilometer a day, I really didn't feel like eating. So uh, even though I'd bought a stove and uh, a meal for the night, I just wasn't interested. Uh, and after having a bit of a nap, um, I actually uh, forced myself awake and made sure I had something to eat and as far as finishing off the snacks for the day, so I didn't lose energy for the next day. Um, the uh, One of the things with camping in this park itself is access to water. Now, uh, parks people don't want you camping in water catchments uh, because anything that you uh, – any waste or anything you're doing in that environment potentially can end up in there. Uh, and this is going to end up in the snowy river, which is, uh, um, is not particularly helpful. Um, so um, you – can get a map from uh, Jindabyne uh, and I'm assuming you can probably download this from the parks uh, online and it talks about where you can and can't camp Um, so it's worthwhile if you are going to be camping in the Kosciuszko, you make sure you know where the the, the go and no go areas are It's 4.30 on Saturday, uh, day after Australia Day, so I've just just Been in the tent for roughly about 10 hours. Not all of that sleeping, but um, certainly a good chunk of it. Um, I got up in the middle of the night for a call of nature and... um the moon was half out and it was uh, it was quite bright. I could see sort of light coming through the tent, um, but now it's, it looks like it's total cloud cover. So so much for seeing sunrise from Mount Kosciuszko. Well, you know, it'll certainly get light when I get up there, but um, I'm not going to be able to see uh, see the sun coming up anywhere. I don't think anyway. Not unless it changes pretty quickly. Had a reasonably good night's sleep. Um, It's interesting, when you stay in a new tent, the noises are different. Um, So um, there really aren't many animals up here. Wombats is probably about what I'd expect to see. Um, And um, nothing that I'm aware of, but certainly the the tent moving in the middle of the night uh, was was making interesting sounds that I wasn't quite used to. Um, My uh, Neo Air... um, therm um rest uh, sleeping mat was quite good. Um, this was a different one than I'm used to. I'm used to using the ultra-light one, uh, and this one wasn't really in that category. It was a bit bigger and a bit heavier, but certainly nice and comfortable and, and no noise, which is often associated with the, uh, the very lightweight ones. So, had a good night's sleep overall, as far as I can do. Um, for me, I can't, I physically cannot sleep ten hours, I'd uh, wake for uh, short periods after having a couple of hours sleep and go back to sleep again. So, even though it's pitch black now, um, I'm pretty much wide awake. So, I'm going to um, finish packing up, um, have um, have some uh, some overnight oats, and. Um, uh, Put the tent away and then start heading back up to the uh, the summit. so really it's three kilometers from here so it's approximately an hour's trip uh, depending on how how fast I decide to push it um, I don't know what the rain fall is looking like it was forecast to rain for over the this weekend um, and unfortunately my uh, my phone uh, doesn't have enough signal to get data. So um, I'm just working on the basis that it is going to rain and uh, um, just have to put up with that, which is fine. Okay, talk to you later. It's uh, 5.47 up the top of Mount Kosciuszko, just waiting for the sun to come up. Uh, there's a fair amount of cloud cover. Um, and, yeah, it's almost pretty pretty... Solid, almost 100%, but there is still some some gaps around. So we're getting some good red colouring on the uh, on the horizon coming through. Uh, there's about 10 people up here. So um, myself, who came from um, Charlotte's Pass direction, uh, the others who are doing the Main Range had uh, camped on the rain, Main Range overnight before before ascending Mount Kosciuszko. Certainly, a lot less people here today or this morning, which is understandable at this time of the morning, without having the 150 odd people that were here yesterday trying to have their photos taken on the, the highest point of Australia. Um, so it's uh, it's the weather's quite good. I think it's roughly around about fourteen degrees, although there's a bit of wind chill. I can see the uh, the road I just walked up this morning from Rawson's uh, Rawson's hut area. Um, it's nice and clear. Um, the walk itself was reasonably good. Um, it's a steady incline all the way up, rather than being steep. And um, possibly the steepest bit's probably just the actual summit itself. But even that's not too bad. Um, I'll stay up here, take a few more photos, give it another half hour or so till the sun's well and truly up over the horizon, and then start walking back down. So realistically, based on yesterday, it's probably about a two and a half hour walk back down uh, to the the car park at Charlotte's Pass. So... um, It's certainly a bit cooler than yesterday, as I said, and no flies, which is really good. Although I found that uh, this morning when I'd opened the tent, every time i opened the tent, a fly would come in. So they're obviously hanging around waiting. Um, Okay, talk to you later. After listening to those last couple of recordings, it was quite interesting. Uh, I actually took me about 45 minutes to get up to the uh, the top of, uh, of Mount Kosciuszko from Seaman's Hut. I did actually say Rawson's Hut. I don't know why. It's Rawson's Pass, but uh, for some reason I keep on saying Rawson's Hut. Um, Uh, and um, I I got quite lucky when I got to the summit because there was enough break in the cloud cover uh, that I got some pretty spectacular photos uh, of the sunrise uh, in the distance. Um, Certainly I didn't have views... Uh, you know, spectacular panoramic views, you know, three hundred and sixty views ar- around the uh, the mountain. But the the views that were there were quite good. Uh, and in total, there was an, another group up there, so there was about ten of us uh, up there uh, while the uh, the sun was coming up as opposed to the 150-odd people that we had the day before. So I did actually manage to get up there, uh, take a photo uh, uh, of the sunrise from the, the summit stone um, and, and sort of wait up there for probably around about 45 to 50 minutes um, and by that stage, the fog started moving in. So, if you go through and have a look at the uh, the, the written write up of this uh, this trail, the, Co- the Kosciuszko Summit Trail, it shows a before and after photo of sunrise and then the fog, which just blanketed in uh, and just covered the whole mountain. So, at that point, I decided it was time to uh, to actually go uh, and start walking back down. Um, bit of wind up there as you can as you could have heard, uh, and it 's a bit hard. One of the things I must admit I find with podcasting in the outdoors there are tools and bits of equipment that I could can, can take with me that will help minimise uh, the uh, the wind sound and certainly I'll be looking at that for later on this year um, but it's just another uh, thing that I need to carry um, and there's, there's a limit to try, what I can try and pick up so it's usually only in the really windy uh, environments uh, that I have a real issue um, but really good uh, uh, summit uh, and a good walk back down as well it's uh, 8.27 I've just gone through and finished the walk up to the Mount Kosciuszko summit so it took me roughly about two and a half hours to get back down Um, I think I had the pick Of the weather yesterday, where it was fairly clear for just about most of the day. Today, the fog and cloud cover has pretty much uh, come in, so a lot of the mountains are now covered. So, visibility is not going to be particularly great for those um, walkers that are starting today. And there's like yesterday, there's a lot of people heading both up Kosciuszko and also on the main range walk as well. A good walk overall Uh, would be nice to have clear weather up on top of Kosciuszko to uh, to watch the sunrise. i got some good photos anyway, which I'll go through and post on the uh, the write-up of, uh, of this walk. Uh, but um, yeah, worthwhile overall. Um, it's been a few years since I've actually done any hiking up here, um, uh, so it's uh, good to get back into it again. And uh, um, very different sort of uh, uh, area where there's virtually no trees, uh, you're walking in pretty much open terrain with very low shrubs, uh, and that's about it. So good weekend overall. So I hope everyone's had a a good time this uh, Australia Day-long weekend. All right, so that was the end of my weekend on the main range in Kosciuszko National Park, so the two walks, the main range walk and the Kosciuszko Summit walk. Given a choice, if I only had time to do one walk, I'd definitely do the Main Range walk as the as the my my pick. You're talking about a walk that's 22 kilometres long, as opposed to 19 kilometres long with the, the Kosciuszko Summit walk. The Kosciuszko Summit walk, you're going up and back on the same trail, um, whereas the Main Range walk, you're doing a loop and you're getting to see something different, uh, and you're actually going down the Mount Kosciuszko summit uh, trail uh, as the, the end of the main range walk anyway. The, um, Certainly with the main range walk, you got to see views from different high ridges and mountains than um, you would have done with just from Kosciuszko, even though there was a, quite a lot of people, as I said, you know, I, I counted around about 80 doing the, the main range walk that I saw, um, and um, even that, that number spread over the trail, you've got time to stop off, you don't have hundreds of other people trying to take photos from Australia's tallest mountain. I think if I did the main range walk again, and I certainly will do, I'll probably start at Charlotte's Pass and do Kosciuszko first. And in fact, the next time I'll probably end up doing the, uh, the main range walk will be to undertake the Aussie 10, which is the 10 highest peaks uh, in Australia. Um, and that will be uh, later on the year when I have a bit more time. That was my original intention for this weekend, but uh, having not done a main range walk before, I thought I'll just want to see what this walk's like uh, uh, and then work out uh, what I need to do for the Aussie 10. The main issue with both of these walks is lack of water. Um, really, for both of them, if you want water, it's, it's at the start of the trail. Um, and you, while you can actually pick up water on the trail for both of these walks, you have to actually go off the track itself and down into the lower parts of the valley to find it. So it's just as easy to carry water with you um, than to try and actually um, uh, deal with um, trying to find it and having to, get, having to go off trail to, to pick it up. And certainly the people that I came across on Kosciusko, uh on the 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 Kosciusko summit walk they had actually camped fairly close to water down in the valley and then walked up on that next day to um, uh, without all their their big packs they just had small day packs um, to actually uh, do the summit of Mount Kosciuszko itself I think um being on top of Mount Kosciuszko at sunrise is something that every keen hiker should probably aspire to. Um, I was lucky with, as I said, with the views. Uh, I had some good views there. It would have been nice to have 360 degree views uh, and no, no cloud cover at all, but I was pretty happy with the photos I got and certainly the views that I had as well. And there was hardly anyone there. One thing though, as I said, um, on, on the way back down, uh, on the Kosciuszko walk, I came across a hiker who wanted to look at uh, summoning Mount Kosciuszko the next day uh, for sunrise and wanted to know what time to start. And certainly in mid January, you're looking at probably leaving Charlotte's Pass, the car park, at around about 3.15 in the morning to get there on time, unless you actually happen to be running it. Um, so it's a better choice to actually camp part way up. Uh, and you can certainly do, you've got a bit more uh, choice on camping sites on the main range walk itself. Okay, well, I hope you've enjoyed uh, this these recordings for these two walks over the the Australia Day long weekend, uh, and I hope it's been helpful for those people that are looking at doing these two walks in the future. As always, this podcast can be downloaded and listened to through our website, through SoundCloud, through Stitcher Radio and iTunes, as well as a, 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 the podcatcher of your choice. If you want to help us out, please go through and rate us on iTunes. Our next podcast episode to be released next week is on how to pack a hiking pack for both day hiking and for overnight hiking. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. That's all for me. Bye for now.